Finding our stories is what this podcast is all about. If you're looking for a treasure trove of stories, a great place to look is the topic of food. Every recipe card in my mom's little red recipe box has a story. I've mentioned rhubarb custard pie several times in past episodes. Well, folks, today's the day. I'm going to give you our family's most honored recipe. But first, a couple of stories. It's always interesting to get a little background on particular topics. Rhubarb is no exception. Growing up in Minnesota, almost every house had a rhubarb patch in the backyard. Keep in mind, this is not a crop that gardeners plant, tend, and take care of. The rhubarb I grew up with, and still have, is kind of the tough guy of the garden. It's one of the first green plants to pop out in the springtime, and it can hang on until the snow flies. Once a rhubarb plant takes root, it kind of owns its territory. Year after year, it keeps coming back. We have several rhubarb patches in our yard. One is original to the property, and as far as we can tell, it goes back to the early 1900s. That's right. It's come up every spring for over 120 years. My wife is the master gardener of this family, and she lives by a simple rule. If a plant comes up in the wrong place, it's a weed. Either move it or get rid of it. She gave me the assignment to dig up a section of rhubarb that had gotten a little bit out of control. When I was done, I tossed that rhubarb into our makeshift compost pile. The next spring, the compost pile was transformed into a brand new, healthy rhubarb patch. My mother's original patch at the house in Dassel was transplanted into our backyard. The combination of these two heirloom varieties are just the best for cooking and baking. Here's the short list of the things my mother made with this crop. Rhubarb sauce made with strawberries. Rhubarb coffee cake. Rhubarb crisp. That's like apple crisp. Rhubarb jelly. And of course, rhubarb custard pie. Now that's just to name a few. Now we never did this, but rhubarb can also be made into wine and even distilled into rhubarb gin. My knowledge of rhubarb only goes so far. It was just that big green plant that grew up everywhere. By the way, as kids, we always wondered who was the first person that put a rhubarb stalk into their mouth. Try it sometime, and you'll know what I mean. Even lemon tastes sweet compared to rhubarb. I decided to look this plant up on the worldwide interweb to see if I was missing any important details. The history of rhubarb goes back almost 5,000 years. It is thought that rhubarb originally came from China, where it was considered a medicine. Dried rhubarb root was used as a laxative. Now I'll testify to that. I experienced this several times as a young boy when I ate too much of my mother's rhubarb sauce. It's great stuff, but you need to be careful. I was a little surprised to find out that rhubarb is a vegetable. The plant can hybridize. I learned a new word. 
It cross-pollinates so easily, there is really no standard for naming all of the different varieties. This makes it very difficult to know the pedigree of any particular plant. I do not claim to be an expert. I only play one on the internet. All those backyard rhubarb patches most likely have different flavor signatures because of the cross-pollination, soil conditions, and many other factors. It's only in the past several hundred years that people actually started eating the plant. As sugar became more available, you could actually make rhubarb palatable. So that's kind of the background on this crazy plant. Okay, get out your paper and something to write with. Here's how you make rhubarb custard pie. We're going to start out in the garden. The best tasting rhubarb is cut in the springtime. When cutting a plant, look for a medium-sized stalk. The small ones, about the size of a pencil, are still too young. The big ones might start to lose their flavor and get a little stringy. At that point, they're hard to work with. Now, the best time of day to cut rhubarb is in the morning or in the evening. In the middle of the day, it stresses the plant. Stressed rhubarb can taste bitter. <laughs> I just made that up. I don't think the plant really cares. We will need two and a half cups of a rhubarb. That translates to a pretty good size handful. Cut off the bottom of the stock and cut off the large leaf. Wash the rhubarb in cold water and cut into quarter inch to half inch pieces. Set those aside for now. Now it's time to make the custard mixture. One of my favorite cooks on YouTube is Cowboy Kent Rollins. He cooks off the back of an old chuck wagon. Now our first ingredient has been nicknamed rooster bullets, cackleberries, or hen fruit. We need two eggs. One and one half cups of sugar, one half teaspoon of vanilla, one fourth teaspoon of cinnamon, two tablespoons of flour. That's a thickening agent. We have a lot of chemistry going on with this recipe. Mix all of these ingredients together in a large bowl. I like to mix this well and let it sit. This gives the sugar a chance to start to dissolve. Now for the pie crust. My mother grew up back in a simpler time, the 1920s. Now simple did not mean easy. You had to make pie crust from scratch back then. No mixes, no pre-made anything. My mother made pie crust from scratch for decades until our dear friend, Betty Crocker, came up with a pre-made pie crust back in the 50s. My mother never looked back. She told me many times that it was so easy and she couldn't make it any better than the store-bought crust. So we're taking the easy route. Buy a Pillsbury or a General Mills pie crust. You will find them in the refrigerator section at the store. Everything you need to know is on the box. My mother always used a clear glass pie plate, not tinted. This type of pan seems to have the best distribution of heat. Spray the pie pan with cooking oil. Let the pie crust almost come to room temperature so it's easy to unroll. Take one of the pie crusts 
and place it into the pie pan. Okay, the bottom crust is ready to go. Add the rhubarb to the custard mixture. Gently fold together making sure all of the rhubarb is coated with the custard mixture. Pour this into the pie shell. Get your oven preheating at 375. Now for the classic family design element. I learned this from my mother, and I'm sure she learned it from her mother, so we have a rich tradition going back well over 100 years. We're going to do the traditional crosshatch top crust. Take out the second roll of pie crust and unroll it. Cut it into half-inch strips. We're going to need about 10 of them. Lay five of the strips across the top of the pie. Spin the pan halfway around and cross those strips with five more pieces. That's the classic crosshatch crust. Now for the finishing touch. Now you can clean up the edge around the pie pan if you want. Gently sprinkle cinnamon and sugar over the top of the crust. Cinnamon and sugar will form a candy-coated shell on top of the pie. It tastes great, but that's not what we're looking for. We want a light dusting to give the strips of crust a nice color and sweetness. Place the pie in the oven for 45 minutes. Here's my warning. There's no set time on how long the pie needs to be in the oven. 45 minutes is just an estimate. There are just too many factors that come into play. It could be a little less, it could be a little more. For those of you in Colorado, at a higher elevation, you'll need to bake it longer. We're looking for a golden brown color on the top of the crust. You can even lift it up and take a look at the bottom of the pan. That's where the glass pie plate comes in handy. You will be able to see when the crust is golden brown. You do not need to worry about the rhubarb or the custard. When the crust is done, the pie is done. Serve with a generous scoop of vanilla ice cream. That's it. You're in for a real treat. I've been making these pies for years, so I wanted to share some alternative instructions I've come up with. These ideas come from a guy that is desperate for a piece of pie. Any rhubarb will work. I've made pie out of rhubarb stalks the size of broom handles. I could get three cups of rhubarb from five or six of these big boys. Just chop them up into small pieces and make the pie. I've used rhubarb that sat in the refrigerator for a week. No problem, still tastes great. Mixing instructions. You can eyeball everything in the recipe. Start with the cup and a half of sugar and just dump in the rest. I always put a little extra vanilla in there anyway. After all, you just can't go wrong with sugar and cinnamon. You just can't mess it up. We have a saying in our house that relates to a couple of these family recipes. The first is that you can make jelly out of just about anything if you put enough sugar into it. I've tried some strange combinations to make jelly, but that's a story for another day. The same thing applies to this pie. Now, I haven't tried this, but I'm pretty sure you could put two and a half cups of chopped dill pickles and Ritz crackers into this pie and it would taste great. Well, there you have it. Mom's rhubarb custard pie. 
I'm sorry I gave it to you so late in the season. If you can't track down some rhubarb, you may need to wait until next spring. It'll be worth the wait. Okay, your assignment. I'm sure your family has a few treasured recipes. Track them down and give them a try. Take them into the kitchen and see what happens. Remember, every recipe has a story, so be sure to track that down too. Here's your question for the week. This is an interesting one. You'll need to give this one some thought. If you had a giant billboard, what message would you put on it? Also, where would you put it? Enjoy the pie, have fun, and we'll see you next time on You Have Stories. <laughs>